night so still Oh, how build you kingdom in their house on the hill Looking out for love Big, big love You said that you love me That you always will Oh, you paid me to keep you in that house on the hill. Look at that for love. Big, big
Hey guys, I'm here with Alan Stevens today, who's a facial profiler. It's great to have him on board the uh, the Be Connected Business Show today. So, hi, hi, Alan. Great to have you along. Thanks, uh, Jason. It's great to be here. Look, I've known you for about two years now, and I've got to admit, you you absolutely fascinate me. I, I'd never heard of facial profiling until I met you. Um, mate, mate what, what is it that you guys do? Tell tell me what you do. Well, one of the things is when people talk about face profiling, a lot of people think it's you know about um, reading fortunes and things like that, all a bit woo-woo. But the face profiling I do is all about being able to read someone's personality, understand how they like to take in and process information, and then teach people how to speak to them in the way that they need to be spoken to. So basically making stronger connections. And then in the process of when you've read them, then they've got techniques to realise whether we've read them right, is there something emotionally going on, and are they telling us the truth as well? And it's all done through the non-verbals. So do, do people think you're a mind reader? Because I heard somebody refer to you as uh, a cross between the mentalist and Dr Phil. That's right. That was from the um, Herald here in Newcastle. Of uh, People look at it and think, well, you know, are you reading minds? No. If you think about it, if you lift weights, you're going to build muscles in your body. At the same time, everything we feel inside, we express outwardly. So you put those two things together, and while you're thinking and concentrating over and over again, you're going to pull expressions. And so the facial features give away how you like to think and process. Your face is a, a roadmap. It's a history of how you like to think and process. So if I've got that, whether that be from your uh, in live, whether it be from, your face, from a uh, Facebook profile or your websites, LinkedIn, if I can see your face anywhere, I've got your personality. And I then know how to change the way I like to be spoken to to match the way that you'd need to be spoken to. And then... How, how did you get into something like that? It seems a strange thing to get into. Well, probably because I was absolutely lousy at it. I'd been through... <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you've been through, what, you've had uh, four wives. I've had... Uh, I went through two marriages, two divorce. I decided I wouldn't go through number three. So um, the end uh, thing is that when you uh, uh, build relate, you know, you're in relationships, if you can't read your partner, things break down. And that's what happened. I lost a, two marriages. I had a lot of um, broken relationships. I even had business partners who emptied the bank out. And just through necessity, I decided I needed to understand people. And so since the 1970s, I've been working with body language. Into the uh, 80s, I started using psychometric profiling into the 90s NLP, and in the 2000s, I realised that the psychometric profiling wasn't giving me the answers I needed. And somebody just said to me one day at a workshop I was running, you ever looked at reading faces? And that got me curious and uh, went and did some uh, research and found some good specialists who worked with the facial uh, features and others who worked with the facial expressions. Strong. 
The Saturday Night City Beat had already started And the, the post the corner boy just sprang into action And young Billy watched in the yellow street light He said, tonight, I'm all night It's gonna be a flight fight Billy don't like it living here in this town He said, trapped in the throng line before he was born He said, hope back to dust behind all the closed doors
know I'm a perfectionist, but at one stage I was worrying constantly about everything and was feeling anxious all the time. At first I, I really didn't think anything was wrong, but when it all became too much, my sister persuaded me to talk to the doctor, who really helped. My anxiety's under control now, and I'm getting back to my old self. So don't let anxiety get the better of you. Talk to your doctor. For information on anxiety and depression, call 1300-224636 or visit beyondblue.org.au. So, Alan, before we had the break, uh, you, you were telling me you, you got into this industry through basically through necessity. Um, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you need to do. But how did you, you learn how to do this? Where, where did you source the information to actually do this? Well, good old uh, Professor Google was always a great place to start. If you need anything, you do a search and you'll find the people there. And I found a gentleman by the name of Paul Ekman who did all the research, a psychologist in San Francisco, who did the research on the micro-expressions, little twitches on the face that give away your emotions. Now, the face itself, 43 muscles, can pull over 10,000 expressions they believe, 3,000 that Paul and his team actually mapped out, which muscles are used to create those. But he did some research and found that seven expressions which are universal. doesn't matter if you've been born in a tribal village, a capital city, or whether you've been blind from birth. If you feel any one of those emotions, you'll have the corresponding expression on your face. So I trained with his group and I found a lady who worked with the facial features and trained with her and then realised that neither of them were doing what the other one was doing, but they correlated so well. And so I brought them together along with the NLP and also the body language and created... Uh, Rapid trait profiling. And, and where, can, where can people use this sort of skill? Well, at the end of the day, yeah, building relationships is the foundation of everything we do. So the skills are used to build relationships. So whether that be, first of all, to find a new partner, once you've got that partner, how to keep that partner. When you've got children, understand your children so that you know how to... Um, how to treat them in a way that they need to be treated. So they, you know, it's about nurturing your children, knowing what hobbies and sports will fit them, suit them at an early age, then knowing what uh, careers are likely to suit their personalities before they pick their final subjects. So instead of telling them, hey, go and be an accountant and make a lot of money and then being miserable when they, uh, they go and do that, we can guide them to the right career. Then if uh, they're in the right career at work, we're going to be happier in the work we do. We're going to be more productive and therefore more money for the organisation. If we're happier at work, we're happier at home. If we're happier at home, we're happier with our spouse. There's less issues that come up and our children also then benefit from that as well. And now we start reading our children. So the cycle continues. So this is something that can be used in, in a wide and varied range, not, not, not just at work, uh, but in your home life and stuff like that. That's right. If I train somebody in business to uh, be better at sales, for instance, know how to pick up their uh, clients' buying motives, knowing when to uh, uh, go for the sale, when to stop talking, how much information to give them, all of that they're going to use when they're working with their spouse or with their children. So my clients have been everything from large corporations like Disney Films and Gillette for their, uh, they had a joint venture on their Star Wars Rogue One launch. You know, I've uh, worked with the federal police, the tax office, businesses of all sizes and also parents and school teachers. There's no limitation to where this can be used. Husband don't know what he's done 
Kids don't know what's wrong with mom She can't say, they can't see Putting it down to another bad day
truly And you were both laughing at me Oh, she is cruel and heartless To pack me for Gordon Just cause he's better looking than me Just cause he's cool and trendy But I know he's a moron Gordon is a moron She's a tart, he's very cheap She is a slut, he fits his tough She is a bitch, he is a path Yeah, yeah, it's not fair Yeah, yeah, it's not fair I'm so upset I'm so upset, I'm so upset Yeah, yeah I ought to smash his face in Yeah, but he's bigger than me, isn't he? I know, I'll get the mate Perry to it in. He's threatening. Yeah, but Perry's a mate of all, isn't he? Oh well, I don't care. Thank you. 
remember his driving. I can't even imagine what pain they're going through. All we know is he went to the party to be the designated driver. He started to drink. It continued through the night, and we all know what the result was. He just swung out, and that's when he killed Ken. We need, again, mates to look after mates. For everything we have, there is a consequence. Let's make it a good consequence, not a bad one. Will you step up to look after your mates? Will you take away the keys? Will you get them home alive? A message brought to you by the Road Accident Action Group. So, Alan, before we we had a break, you was you were saying uh, you were working with people like Disney and, and Gillette and the Australian Federal Police. So, th- th- there's lots of questions I've got there. It's like, what what did you do, uh, especially with somebody like the fe- the Federal Police? Talk to me about about the AFP. What you did for those guys. Well, with federal police, it's all about knowing what makes people tick. If you think about it, if you're working undercover, for instance, if you're a policeman around your other policemen, you're around friendly. So we don't really practice learning how to read people, but criminals really know how to read each other. And this is how they survive. So if you're a policeman working in that environment or working closely with uh, the uh, criminal, criminal elements, you need to be able to read them, to be able to recognise their personalities. And when you're talking to them, are they operating within that parameter? And then at the same time, being able to pick up, are they telling you the truth? So knowing and, and how to question them. With, with what you're doing, with, if, if, if you've got an understanding of facial profiling and you had an understanding of body language, you probably would be something like a mind reader, wouldn't you? It comes across that way. People think, yeah. you know, you're, you're picking things up and where are you getting that from? Well, sorry, your face is an open book in that case. Yes, you can uh, read a book by its cover and uh, people will leak information. You ask t- questions in a certain way, the body language is going to be interact. The expressions on the face, the breathing, the colour of the skin, there's so much information that you can pick up. So just off the top of your head, because we're on a radio, we can't really see mm-hmm. a video or anything, but can you give me some examples of what to look for in people? I've, I've done one of your free courses and, mm-hmm. and, and I, was, uh, I was very, very impressed with it about, you know, the size of the eyebrows and all that. Just, just give us some examples so the listeners get an, a more of an idea about what it's all about. Well, one uh, trait in particular that I always uh, say, if you're meeting people for the first time in real life, this one's a necessity. If you want to be able to make a connection with them and it's connected to the micro expressions as well. If we think of fear and surprise, the eyebrows go up and there's a big gap between the eyelids and the eyebrows. Person uh, pulls back and we also pull back. So when you meet somebody who's got naturally high set eyebrows when they're at rest, This is somebody who needs more space. So the more gap they have between their upper eyelid and the underneath of their eyebrow, these are people, if you step too close to them, they're going to shut down. They're going to move away from you. They're not going to listen to you. So when you meet someone like that, don't step in too fast. In fact, if you're coming towards me and you've got higher set eyebrows, I'm going to stop before you get to me, extend my arm out, allow you to set up the space that you feel comfortable with. And then I'll monitor as we're talking. If you come in closer, now I know I have report. It's not that those people aren't friendly. It's they are more discerning. They like to check people out when uh, they first uh, meet new people. So don't invade their space. If you give them that space, you'll get a better connection with them immediately. Okay. And is this skill something that anybody can can learn or does it go with something else? Like you've got to learn about body language before you can learn this or can people just learn how to do this? They can learn all of it. Uh, you know, facial features, learn that. My youngest student, when she started, was my 11-year-old granddaughter at the time. She's now 13. 
And now she's become my business partner on a couple of projects we're putting together because part of her homework, well, actually, she picked up uh, one of the manuals and I expected her to sit down with me and me to take her through the manuals. Well, they were flying out for Finland to see her other grandparents this Christmas back in 2019. And I thought, well, five weeks away, that's the end of that. But by the time she got to Finland, she'd actually read the manual backwards and forwards. And when she wasn't reading it, her father told me that she'd been walking around the plane profiling the other uh, passengers. (laughs) And so on that, the homework after that, when we got together each weekend on Zoom, because they're over in Perth, was to... um, uh, you know, go and do little things. I give it a test and say, right, here's a few traits. Go and have a look at these and come back and tell me what you would think about each of these. How would they, if you put these traits together, how would that person respond? So she's put that together and a lot of those notes went into the new master manual that I've written as well. Okay. And now we're working on a set of flashcards together. Right. And, and where can people get more information about what you do? Well, the best way is through my website, which is my name, Alan Stevens, A-L-A-N-S-E-V-E-N-S, .com.au. And if they want to have a go at uh, testing a few of their traits out for themselves, if they put the forward slash after that in the word free, that will take them to a free uh, workshop. It takes about 20 minutes to go through, which will teach them a few tricks, uh, tips and that, that they can go out and, and apply themselves and also where the eyes move when somebody's sourcing information. Beautiful. Everybody loves a freebie. Thanks for that, Alan. All right, we'll take a quick break and I'll be back with Alan Stevens talking about something else that I know he's very passionate about very shortly.
struggling. I felt sad all the time, and in the end, I talked to my doctor. Turns out, I had depression. I got some treatment, and after a while, I was back on track. So if you're not feeling yourself, don't hide it. Talk to your doctor. For information on depression, call 1300-224636 or visit beyondblue.org.au. And welcome back, and yes, I'm still here with Alan Stevens' facial profiler. I, I want to run through something. One of the things I, I've picked up through uh, working with Alan and spending a lot of time with him is his passion for, for helping other people. And, and he's created this uh, this amazing, 
amazing project called the Campfire Project. Alan, tell me more about the Campfire Project, please. Well, it came about uh, by dealing with men in business. Most men were telling me that they had a frustration. They didn't really know their place at home anymore because they thought it was out, you know, being the resources in, but now they were in trouble because they were absent all the time. They're mostly disconnected. And in the workplace, worried about the uh, uh, the language they used, et cetera, being politically correct and all the rest of it. And so I realised that when men were frustrated, they, some will get angry and some anger moves to uh, violence. And I thought, right, men needed a safe place where they could come and tell their story without counselling, have people, somebody just sit and listen to them, be a pair of ears and give them that opportunity to, for them to express themselves. And that's where the Campfire Project came from. Originally for men to just tell their stories, then I brought the men into panel discussions. But from day one, I had women in the group. And I wanted the women in the group so they could hear how men could speak when men felt safe to do so. And secondly, for the men then to be able to connect with those women and know that they would, you know, what they, the stories they went through, what was on their mind was okay. And so what came out of that was we moved in from the one-on-ones into panel discussions with the men. When the uh, women who were hearing the, the uh, discussions that the men were having, I started getting uh, in, uh, personal calls asking, uh, saying that, look, we've never heard men talk this way before and we love it. How can we get involved? Which is what I was waiting for. So I brought the women into the one-on-ones and then from there into the panel discussions. Now we've covered everything originally with men, um, uh, masculinity, femininity, pornography, drugs, alcohol, all of those issues. When we brought the women into it, we increased the uh, range into menstruation, menopause, even just size matter in the bedroom. Every uh, conversation you can think of we've had, and in four years or three years now, over 400 hours of videos where we've had no bigotry, no sexism and no racism, and not once in any of those conversations has anybody been rude to anybody else, proving that social media is not our problem, but it's the people who, or the way we use social media. And the Campfire Project is now, uh, I'm getting told, is not only changed lives, it's been saving lives as well. And it's open to anybody from all over the world. That's fantastic. And look, you've got the hashtag of we together. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. We've heard over the last couple of years, a lot of hashtags coming out Mm -hmm. there. It seems to be the new thing. What's different between the We Together movement and the things like the Me Too movement and that sort of thing? What's the difference? Yeah, well, see, Me Too and Men Too, Me Too came out to highlight the abuse of men towards women. Then we had Men Too came out to highlight where some of that had been reversed in the other direction. Both of those groups and other groups like them are absolutely necessary because they do highlight the problems that we have, but they're pointing at each other as the problem. This is why hashtag we together, when standing together shoulder to shoulder, not blaming each other, but looking at the problem together and going, right, how do we fix this problem? That's when you find solutions. What, but as they say, the energy it takes to uh, develop a problem or even to locate a problem is completely different to the energy that's needed to uh, find a solution. And that's where the hashtag we together comes in. Nice. And, and can you give me some examples of, of the changes you, you, you've said earlier on that, you know, people are saying, oh, it's actually changing lives. Can you give me some examples? Obviously not using names, but, you know, people that have come to you with an issue and, and where they've progressed to now that they've had that, that support. Well, we've had uh, people who have been, you know, uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol who have then started 
who come in, told their stories, joined the group and found a new value in themselves. Because as I say, when we're doing a one-on-one, we never criticize somebody. We don't even counsel them. We listen to their story. We acknowledge, we ask a few questions along the way. And the people then are also watching other pe- uh, people's stories so that when you join the group, you can sit in the back room, background and just sit and uh, just take it all in. Listen to other people's stories and quite a lot of the uh, people who've come in and told their stories are coaches or professionals like psychologists, et cetera, who have then gained credibility by telling their personal story. The listeners have heard that and a lot of them have picked up clients as well. But we've had people who have just said in the development of being involved in the group and coming in and starting to be in the panel discussions, they've understood themselves better. They've had a better value of themselves. Their confidence levels have gone up. Their self-esteem levels have gone up. And they've also then been able to connect with others and do the same thing. So whenever you change the energy around you to a more positive one, it's going to give a positive result because Every thought we have creates a chemical reaction. You change the way you're thinking about yourself. You change the chemicals in your body. And now you're more likely to have chemicals that are feeding your body as opposed to eating it. So everything's connected. And that's what people don't realize. What we say, how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to other people, all of that impacts. The oldest person I've interviewed is 99 years old. And the youngest person to actually uh, uh, conduct an interview and interviewing his father and researched his own questions and ran the, uh, uh, the interview for about an hour, was nine years old. So 90 years between the oldest and the youngest. And I've interviewed men who have uh, transitioned to uh, females, females who have transitioned to males. We don't care about your gender, your background or anything else, your culture. When you come into the Campfire Project, as long as you treat everybody with respect, everybody treats everyone else with respect as well. And that's what it's about. And, and this is a, a free service that's out there, Alan? Absolutely free. Everything we've done uh, up to this point has been um, uh, volunteer. We just give our time. Because at the end of the day, what we do for ourselves dies with us, but what we do for others and for the community isn't always will be eternal. It's about being having value in yourself as well. So everybody who's helped other people have got value. They've felt better about themselves. And now we're extremely lucky to have uh, picked up a sponsor as well. And who would that sponsor be? That uh, sponsor would actually be NEI, Network, Educate and Invite. And I really appreciate the support that you're giving us, Jason, because that's really allowing us to get the word out now through a website and get out to more people. Because at the end of the day, the more people who know about this, the more people who engage in it, this is how we can change society, by changing the way each of us think about ourselves and how we treat each other. Great. And where, where do you see the future of it going? Well, we've got the panel discussions. We've got those out on a YouTube channel now. We're uh, looking at an um, uh, internet radio station, getting that out as well. We're looking at new ideas coming along all the time. We've got a uh, shopping complex using the uh, hashtag, well, it's wetogether.com.au, where people, when they shop online, will get extra deals from some of the bigger uh, stores, about 1,400 different uh, stores, eBay, Expedia, Amazon, all of those. And 2% comes back to three charities that we're supporting. So we see ourselves supporting more charities, helping them. We also, um, people shop on, we get an e-card and shop at the local stores, about 74 different uh, companies. They make savings. What we get out of is a database to promote more of the We Together movement. And in that, we just grow it and let more people know what's going on. The more people who are coming in and telling their stories and uh, getting involved in it, this is how it's growing. 
And and how do people that that want to become involved and want to help people how how do they do that? How do they get hold of you? Again, because they're not going to come through alanstevens.com, but how, how do they find out what's going on to get more information and to offer assistance? How, how do they get involved, mate? Well, the new website will be going up very shortly, and that is uh, thecampfireproject.com.au. And on there, it'll have details about what the Campfire Project is all about. It will have uh, information on what goes on in the uh, one-on-ones, how they're conducted, how the panel uh, discussions are done and how they can get involved in those. And from there, they'll go to the Facebook pro, uh, page that we're using at the moment. We've got the Campfire Project on Facebook. And that's where we put all the uh, videos. The one-on-ones, by the way, don't go outside the group because my job was to create a safe place for everybody to be able to come along and tell their one-on-one stories and keeping the trolls away from them. So they one-on-ones never go out. But the uh, things like the panel discussions, you've given me a lot of interest for those to go outside because... Here, the people in the panel are not talking about the dark backgrounds that they had or the deep secrets. All of that's kept in the Campfire Project so that other people can listen to those and get some uh, solutions for themselves and ideas as well. But we also protect the people that have uh, had the courage because it does take courage to uh, put your hand up and be vulnerable and tell your story. So I'm really Um, thankful to all of them. No, that, look, I think what you're doing with it is absolutely fantastic and I'm, like I said, I'm more than happy to actually support it. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Alan, about uh, the Campfire Project and about facial profiling. Thank you very much for coming along. Oh, thank you very much and thanks for helping to get the word out about both. Anytime, mate. Thanks. And uh, we'll move on to uh, another quick music break. Lost Hey 